Hello, podcast family. After our week off, let you into a little secret. It was our anniversary week. Um, we're going to pick up where we were. And we are on this journey trying to discover what God is like. And I am so blessed by the feedback that we're getting um, on these podcasts um, and on our Facebook page and, and, and all that stuff where we broadcast this. Because I feel like we're discovering afresh who God has been all this while. Um, and, you know, oftentimes we want God to do a new thing. But the best new things are actually when he just reminds us of ancient truths. And that is what we're doing here. And so if you've not had a chance to listen to the last couple of episodes, please catch up on those. Because today we're going to build on that. And we're going to look at the life of Zacchaeus. And um, I love the restorative nature of God in this encounter that Jesus has with Zacchaeus. And so listen, if you feel like you're swimming against the tide of life, if you feel like you are lost or, or drowning under a, under the weight of life, um, just check this, check, check this out. And um, I hope that it helps because the same Jesus who encountered Zacchaeus is the same Jesus looking for you today. And I pray that we answer his call. So anyway, have a listen. As always, get in touch, recommend, review. We like five stars. And until then, be blessed. And we'll see you next time. Enjoy. Okay, then. Um, we have been on this journey these past few weeks, um, looking at or answering the question, what is God like? Because we know, and if we're being honest, there are times in our own lives where um, we don't really know. We don't understand. We we look at things in our own lives and we make assumptions and conclusions, draw conclusions about God that maybe looking back aren't or haven't been particularly accurate. And I wonder how many times we've thought we knew what God was like and we've misrepresented him not only to ourselves, but to others. And, you know, it, it can be quite a messy thing when that happens. So we've been answering this question, what is God like? And uh, remember a, f a couple of sessions ago we we started this and we and we said oh, and um, Jesus answered it very clearly he said if you've seen me you've seen the father and then we looked at other scriptures as well didn't we about the the full the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus in bodily form and and so we we came to the point that okay if we want to get an idea of what God is like because if we're not careful we can we can take certain scriptures and and start to construct a view of God where God is distant and God is out there and God is angry and God is vindictive and uh, and God is 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 out to get you and 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 the weird thing is you can find scriptures for all of that you can see that in the scripture but now Jesus when Jesus came he's very clear he said listen if you've seen me you've seen the father in other words if you see what i do that is what the father does if you see my heart that is the father's heart and that all brings in a whole new area of you know oneness between the son and the father and the spirit and and you know trinity and and all that kind of stuff which we won't get in there today but if you've seen jesus if you've heard jesus you've seen and you've heard the father and so we looked at that and then we started to uh zero in on and this was the the last session one of the things which I think is often so misunderstood or or not majored on enough is that we get so caught up in what Jesus did 
uh, or what God does. But we don't often pay much attention to why he does it. And in all of the interactions or most of the interactions that Jesus had with humanity, with most of the things that Jesus did, um, you will find this um, this at the root of it. Jesus came to restore. And oftentimes we we think about restoration being this little or being one thing, you know, uh, restoring our standing with God. But Jesus was all about restoration. Um, pretty much every miracle that Jesus did, somewhere in there, there was something restorative about it. He came to restore you. You see it all over scripture. And restoration is at the core of who God is. What is God like? God is about restoration. And we see that all through the life and the ministry of Jesus. We God is about restoring creation. God is about restoring humanity. God is about restoring us individually. God is about restoring not just physically, but emotionally. And God is into restoration. And as we said, it, it, it it's it's all through scripture. And I think last uh, two weeks ago, that was when the last one was, we looked at this example of uh, restoration in the scripture, not particularly through a miracle, but just through a, a dialogue, a conversation Jesus had um, with um, a woman who was dragged before him and she was caught in the act of adultery. And I, I don't want to go over that, over that all, all, all again, but if you remember, um, the religious people wanted to kill her because she had wronged and that brings in a whole new thing about where was the guy in this and all and that's terrible and um but they wanted to kill her and and based on scripture they had a right based on the law of Moses they had a right to but Jesus dealt with that thing and he dealt with the religious folk and then he dealt with the woman and at the end of that encounter what was restored to that woman was her dignity what was restored to that woman was a moral code and what was restored to that woman was life as we said they they wanted to kill her and that is just an amazing and amazing thought that that religion wants to kill but Jesus wanted to restore and i want to just go a bit further today and and just look at some other examples and we may only just i mean we could look at so many but we'll just look at one today another one where Jesus was all about restoration and then we'll tie it in with where perhaps maybe you and I find ourselves today but I want to talk about a man called Zacchaeus or if you're listening to me in America Zacchaeus and um, again a very well-known account one that if you were brought up in Sunday school you'll, you'll know this and you'll have sang songs and you'll have acted this out and read books and animations and, and all that kind of thing but I want to just track through this story and just lift a few things out and then let's see where we go from there. All right, Zacchaeus. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 19. And uh, if I'm looking away, that's just, this is where my Bible is. Okay, so that's what I'm, that's why I'm not checking my messages or anything. So verse one, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Now look at this. He was not just a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector and he was rich okay two things he was a chief tax collector and he was rich okay 
He was a tax collector working for the Roman Empire, the invading empire, the invading force. Um, he was he was a Jew who was working for the enemy. And so therefore he was despised. He was seen as somebody who had, had sold out. I know that you look in other accounts in scripture, don't you? And, and um, the religious folk come looking for Jesus and Jesus is hanging out with people. And, and they say, what, who is this man? He, he hangs around with, with the sinners and even the tax collectors, almost as if the tax collectors, the HMRC have a, have a, 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 a separate category that is all by themselves worse than sinners. That was just how they were viewed back in the day. So he was a tax, and he was the chief. So he was the boss. He was the supervisor. He was the 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 CEO of tax collectors in that area. He was known, and he was hated, despised, rejected by his own people, and hated hated because of who he worked for, Rome, and also probably hated for how he operated, cheating people unfairly, as we'll find out as we go on. And he was not a loved man and so it goes on and but even this man sought to see Jesus who was in town but he could not because of the crowd for he was short of stature I can identify with that verse 4 so he ran ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree because he wanted to see him and he was going to pass that way so listen he knew that Jesus was coming and here's a, here's a little study for another time. He, <clears throat> the scriptures actually described to us what kind of tree it was that he um, that he climbed up. And it's interesting. He didn't climb up any old tree. He could have climbed up any tree, but he climbed up a sycamore tree. And and when you study that out, um, a sycamore tree is significant in scripture because it symbolizes things like uh, strength, uh, protection, uh, divinity, and eternity. All of those things. Uh, to that mindset um, is 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 in the sycamore tree, and that that's amazing, isn't it? Because uh, Jesus is all about strength and protection and and divinity and eternity and, and and and. But we'll leave that aside. But he climbed up a tree. The other thing I want to point out is this: I am so thankful today that you and I, to see Jesus, we don't have to climb a tree. We don't. No, we know by His Spirit He dwells with it. He's in us. But maybe the tree, the metaphorical tree that we have to climb is our stubbornness and our um, old ways of thinking. Because, you know, we, we maybe we've become unaware of who he is and where he is. So maybe maybe that's a tree you and I need to climb today is the tree of our ignorance. Um, but we do not have to climb a tree to see Jesus. Jesus is already here in our hearts and listen that's worth an amen and so um for he was going to pass that way now verse five and when jesus came to the place uh he looked up and he saw him and he said to him now i love this jesus was in a crowd but he was still looking for zacchaeus and even and listen jesus will not be distracted by the masses oftentimes we are we judge whether something is a success or failure by how many people are there. And we're and Jesus, uh, sometimes maybe we're looking at the crowd around us. But notice Jesus wasn't looking at the crowd around. Jesus was looking where in places where other people weren't looking. 
And it's as he was looking through every nook and cranny, that is where he saw Jesus. And here's a little thing just, just throw in there. Oh, sorry, that is where he saw Zacchaeus. And I just want to throw this in there. Listen, Jesus will look wherever he needs to look to find you. And sometimes we can feel like we're just lost in a sea of humanity and lost in a sea of circumstance and, and overwhelmed by a crowd of whatever. Um, but listen, Jesus today, he's not only looking for you, he sees you wherever you are. You might be in that hospital bed. You might be you might be in that challenge at work. You might be dealing with something at home. I want you to know today, if his eye is on the sparrow, his eye is on you. And so he looked up and he saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste. In other words, Zacchaeus, get out of the tree, hurry up and come down for today. I must stay at your house. I must stay at your house. This is what I love about the, uh, about that. Um, what Jesus was about to do with Zacchaeus, he didn't want to do in front of a crowd. Many preachers today need to take note of that. What Jesus was about to do with Zacchaeus was going to be a private thing, was going to happen in his home, was not for Facebook. I'm amazed at how often in ministry, and listen, I've been guilty of this in the past, so I'm not judging anybody, how, and I'm all for publishing, I'm all for marketing, I'm all for, you know, a presence and uh, creating an awareness but I'm amazed at how many times when we preach well it's all over social media when we uh, when we do things uh, that maybe should be just in the privacy of our own homes it's all over social media uh, and you can see here's here's a picture of a man of God um, before he blesses somebody and and during the act of blessing and, and after and and everybody smiles for the camera and it becomes so impersonal and and and, and Jesus is saying here he, he said listen this is not this is not for public consumption Zacchaeus now this is between you and me and and on my journey that I'm on I'm I'm that's where I'm at Jesus you and me as a church, as we journey together, that's what we're looking to promote. You and Jesus. Uh, take take people out of the equation. Um, people, because God has put us together in family, people will always have a part to play, but they should not be the main part. The main part is, Lord, I need you. Jesus, show me. Jesus, what are you saying to me today? And so he's saying, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house and um, we're going to do some business, just you and me, one-on-one, mano-mano. And so that's what's happening there. Verse six, so Zacchaeus came down and he made haste and he received him joyfully. He probably misunderstood everything that was about to take place at that moment. He, he, could, he could have been forgiven for thinking, ha, justification my own people hate me but Jesus wants me and and how do you like me now that may all have been going on in Zacchaeus at the time but Jesus had other ideas and so verse 7 when the religious folks saw this you know the crowds the congregation the brethren and the sister end when they saw this happen <clears throat> now look at how offended they got they're saying can you believe it I added that in there 
he's gone to be with the guest of a man who is a sinner. He's a tax collector and he's a sinner. Jesus, you should know better. Jesus, what you doing? Jesus, look at all these holy, righteous people, teachers of the of the of the law and the and the leaders of the people and the community, all these people in good standing. Jesus, they're all around you, and yet you choose to go and be with a man who is robbing your people, the Jewish nation, sided with the Roman Empire, the oppressors, uh, uh, and has cheated people out of their inheritance and all the, and you choose to be like that. Be careful now of the religious mindset, because I wonder how many times we've been like that in different settings. I'll leave that alone. And so they're offended. <clears throat> Absolutely, that religious attitude. Now, verse eight. Notice now, after an encounter with Jesus, Zacchaeus stood and said to Jesus, look, Jesus, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. I mean, that is huge. And, and I wish... I wish we had a, an insight into what happened on the on the way back to the house and the and the conversation around the dinner table and all those things. But look at what happened when a human being encountered the real Jesus. Two things happened. Number one, he wanted to make right all of the things, all of the people that he had wronged. He not only wanted to restore to them. Remember, we talk about Jesus is a restorer. He not only wanted to restore to the people that he'd wronged, but he talked about fourfold. That's actually restitution. That's, in, let's use a modern day language. It's close enough. Compensation. You know, PPI, have you been missold something? Well, you can get it back and you can have a little something for your inconvenience and you, and, and the stress. And, and, and to, An encounter with Jesus has suddenly made Zacchaeus feel like, oh, I just, I don't want to wrong people anymore. I don't want to treat people badly. I, I, if, I, if I've done it and he knew he'd done it, I want to make it right and I'm going to go above and beyond. So that's the first thing that happened when he was in the presence of the restorer, he himself wanted to restore. And the second thing is this, and this is the bigger picture really, Zacchaeus in the presence of the restorer was actually presented and interacting with and eating with and relating with the mirror image of who he was really in the in the in the presence of Jesus we discover who we really are and we can see past all the labels that people put on us and and maybe all the challenges that are overwhelming us and, and defining us and in, in the presence of Jesus we discover who we really are and then we start to act and live and flow from those from from that at, uh, from that place. And then Jesus confirms this in verse nine. He says this, and Jesus said to him, "Listen, today salvation has come to this house. Why? Because he also is a son of Abraham." All the religious folk had dismissed him. You're a sinner. You're on the side of the Romans. You, you, you're not only displeasing God, but you're displeasing his people. You, you, we, uh, as your people, we disown you. We don't want to, you've made your bed, you go lie in it. But Jesus looked past all of that and said, listen, 
humanity, even the ones that you are prepared to disregard and kick to the curb, he is also a son of Abraham. Therefore, whatever rights that brings, and that's a class for another time, whatever that means for all you guys, that also means for the one you're trying to exclude. And what is happening? Restoration is happening. Jesus is restoring wherever he goes, whoever he comes into contact with. And so, and then he says in verse 10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Listen, Jesus is always looking. Jesus is always looking. I want you to know today, Jesus is looking for you. Jesus is looking at you, not in a judgmental way, but here's the thing. Jesus is looking to walk with you. He's already there. He's capable of walking with you. We just need to wake up to the fact that he's there. And as we do, and as we journey together, he'll start to restore. I believe he'll start to restore those physical challenges. He'll start to restore those emotional strongholds. He'll start to restore those families and those relationships. Why? Because Jesus is calling us down from that metaphorical tree to say, don't do this thing from a distance. Come, come to my house. <laughs> come hang with me. Let me talk with you and let me show you some things. Isn't that amazing? And so a couple of questions, literally. I wonder what have you lost sight of today? What has life, what has challenge, what has, what has circumstance maybe got you to take your eye off? And maybe you've bought that lie. What are people saying about you that maybe has distracted you or diverted you from seeing yourself how God sees you? And now you're, you're you know, you, you've bought into that thing. Today, we are praying against that. You are not what the world says you are. And today, Jesus, Jesus is calling you. You may well be up the tree called sickness. You may be up the tree called insignificance. You may be up the tree called hurt, abused, taken advantage of, whatever. But today, Jesus is calling us all down from the stubbornness of our own heart and saying, guys, walk with me. Talk with me. Let me help you. Let me show, let me present to you a more accurate reality of who you already are and who we all already are in Christ. And as we suddenly now start to wipe that mirror that's maybe a window that's full of condensation and we can't see through it, as we start to wipe that mirror and we start to see as he sees, then he starts to restore, then he starts to show, then he starts to heal. Why? Because we can see with fresh eyes. And so don't believe the lie. Don't believe the misconception. Jesus is calling you today. And my prayer is that he restores, that he restores, that he restores. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for these few moments together. And I want to thank you for another wonderful example of who you are and what your heart is for us as your people. And so, Lord, again, we just lay ourselves open. Jesus, would you restore whatever needs restoring? Lord, for those watching today, it will be different things in different areas. 
but it doesn't it doesn't matter <laughs> lord it might be a whole mass of different areas and needs but jesus like you looked for zacchaeus in the tree jesus you can look through the lens of a camera and you can look by your spirit into the heart of every individual right now and lord you can by your spirit just illuminate some things so jesus i'm asking restore physical health restore integrity restore all of these different things a sound mind a uh, 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 a, a, a courage to go again Lord uh, uh, an ability to reach out Lord whatever it is restore that help your people to find their rightful place in you because they already are in you Lord help us to wake up it's in the name of Jesus we pray the restorer amen